It's Song Talk Radio. Welcome to Song Talk Radio. This is the show with songwriters talking to other songwriters about the craft of, you guessed it, songwriting. We share tips, tools, and techniques, and together we all become better at writing songs. I'm your host, Neil Modi, and with me, my co-host, Phil Emery. How are you, Phil? So? How are you, Phil? I'm doing... <laughs> What was that? I was about to call you by your other last name. I don't want to go there. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm not sure, but I think I'm okay. But uh, yeah. <laughs> in beautiful um, St. John's, Newfoundland. Yeah, awesome. That's great. It was a beautiful day here in Toronto too. So we're all uh, we're all having a good day. Um, <laughs> please send nice. your comments and questions and how your day was to Song Talk Radio on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram, or feedback at songtalk.ca, and we'll share your thoughts on the show. Maybe not if you just tell us what kind of day you had. We won't share that necessarily. Um, we might. And please, what's that? We might. We might. It was really interesting. And please visit songtalk.ca to see the show post for this episode, to find links to things we mentioned, and to download lyric and chord sheets to follow along with the songs that we feature. And uh, before we get to uh, tonight's uh, guest, we just want to uh, make an announcement. Even though we just finished a few weeks ago our Songwriting Challenge 2022, we are already uh, starting our plans for Songwriting Challenge 2023. And mm -hmm. um, we are, we are going to officially drop the challenge um, a few uh, months from now, but we thought we'd just give everyone uh, a small heads up about what we're thinking. And um, the idea we came up with uh, for this year's challenge is to write a song in a different mode. And um, if you don't, don't know, write in. That you don't normally don't write in or not major or or minor and um and we're get, we're going to get more into this um as 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 the months go on for now just talking a little bit at the top of each show um maybe about what a mode is if you don't know what it is <laughs> <laughs> of course you can always search modes on uh, songtalk.ca and we do have an episode um that where we discussed it a few years ago um and uh as part of the challenge we will do uh, another episode um specifically where we where we talk about the theory behind uh, modes and and what it all means and uh and all that goody stuff with some example songs and whatnot and all that good stuff. So, yeah. Yeah, it'll be a, it'll be a great way of expanding your songwriting uh, world because it's so easy to fall back on old habits, on old approaches. And this is a good way to force yourself into um, finding some new melodies. And I think that can be a really, really good uh, exercise. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Looking forward to this one particularly. This is going to be it's going to be lots of fun. Okay. And I think we'll have another show on on modes as well. I yeah, think for we'll sure. We'll we'll be talking about it a lot, and we'll, we'll dedicate an episode at some point um, uh, in the new year to um, to talking about modes and some example songs and see yeah. what all what it all means and how it all works and how it can help you as a songwriter. Indeed. Okay. Tonight, we are very happy to have country artist Jerry Serretta with us. Here's a taste of his song, Backroad Therapy. I'm like a kettle on a stove. Something's gonna blow. Life's cranking up the heat. I'm getting crushed by the weight of a million different things all pushing down on me. I'm gonna crank that Chevy key. Yeah, I got a bus free. Give me some cold beer. On my left, you singing on my right. Whole lot of carefree up ahead, and all our worries far behind. Big old blue sky up above. Canadian musician Jerry Serretta is a decorated country artist who can't help but capture music fans everywhere he goes. 
With his gripping and energetic live performances, Jerry celebrates his Indigenous heritage by weaving personal stories and experiences into his delightfully catchy songs. Beginning his music career as the winner of a local music contest, we were in the opportunity to record his first single. The 2010 Indigenous Music Awards Best New Artist has firmly established his roots in the Canadian country music scene. Drawing comparisons to the vocal and live performance style of country legends Garth Brooks and Tim McGraw, Jerry has shared the stage with prominent country artists, including four-time Juno Award winner Johnny Reed and Canadian Country Music Association Award recipient Jason Blaine. Welcome to Song Talk Radio, Jason Serretta. Jerry Serretta. I, yeah, I was going to say, it's Jerry, but uh, it's a pleasure to be here. You can call me. It's <laughs> great to have you on the show. As long as you don't call me late for supper, is that what they yeah, say, right? Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I, I just wanted to ask you, I was curious about how, you know, you 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 have Indigenous heritage as well as being a country artist. How do you, how do you bring that intersection together in your songwriting? You know, it's about really looking at... Um, kind of some of the issues that are going on in indigenous um with indigenous peoples across Canada and mm-hmm. and really looking at um <clears throat> very lightly bringing some of those issues into some of the songs that we write as well as you know um music in itself is uh it's always been a healing uh tool for indigenous peoples and not that's first and foremost what uh, I, I think of it as when I'm when we're putting a song together. I, I think of the way it's going to impact people and the way um, it's going to be able to help people through the the good times, the bad times. Um, and I mean, that's country music in a nutshell. I think I've just basically explained every country song. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's it's raw human emotion, and it's really bringing that out and sharing that with people and and letting them know that they're not they're not alone in their struggles and in their triumphs and in their, you know, successes, celebrations and downfalls. It's all, it's all part and parcel of the human condition. And, and I just like to bring as much of that as I can. And it's oftentimes I'll bring a pretty raw story and then working with uh, my, the rest of my team, my producer and some of the people that we write songs with, uh, they help me finesse it into something that's a little bit more universal and not just my story. So let's talk about the actual process, the songwriting process. Is it a, do you start off with like some uh, melody ideas or lyric ideas and then develop it on guitars or? You know, it's a little bit of both. Uh, I think when I first started out in the industry, I, 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 knew how to play some guitar chords. I loved singing. I loved going to karaoke and I loved, uh, I loved talking to people about emotion, but I w- wasn't really into the songwriting mode yet. And, uh, you know, the first couple songs I wrote really didn't, I mean, I, I I'm not going to say that they're, they didn't fit in a regular musical structure because I, I think it's all been done. But uh, I think what I was doing at the time was a little different than what you would expect to hear in a country song in terms of, um, you know, I'd have the verses in one key. And then when I switched to the the choruses, they'd be in a completely different key. And I switched back and forth. And I was like, hey, it worked out at the time. So I managed to write a few songs that I really enjoyed. And um, that I, I think that whole first album that I put out was really just me exploring that idea of writing songs and uh, putting stuff down uh, and figuring out what really worked for me and what didn't work for me. 
and, and through the process of that, uh, there were some songs where I kind of had a melody. I'm like, I kind of like that. And then other times I just had, um, you know, I had a few words, uh, kind of a hook, I suppose, that that I wanted to write something around, an idea, central idea. And then other times I just had a story I wanted to tell. And I really just started messing around a little bit on the guitar and started playing around with some words and just kind of seeing what came to life uh, as I went along. And uh, in that process, it eventually, um, it, it formed itself into a song. And then uh, when it was done, or when I thought it was done, I, I generally sit with it for a bit and see if I was happy with that idea. And, and a lot of times those initial songs got changed uh, thematically quite a bit, but uh, th I think the structure remained very consistent. That, that's how I started anyway. I don't, so sometimes it it is that melody. Other times it's, it's a central hook or an idea. And, and a lot of times it's really just a story that I have in my head and I just need to figure out the way it's going to come out. And it's a little bit of a, it's a little bit of a lyric and it's a little bit of a, a chord. And then it just kind of, you know, it's like grabbing, it's like grabbing a bunch of uh, Play-Doh and just starting to build something. You don't quite know what you want, but you have an idea. And as it takes shape, it generates more ideas. And uh, I just kind of go with it sometimes. Yeah, how do you decide when a song is done? Uh, when my producer tells me. No, I'm oh. just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's no, not uh, a bad idea, to be honest. <laughs> it's, 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 um, uh, a song is done when, when I can sit with it for a while. And, uh, you know, when I finish a song, I like to take some time and step away from it for a bit and then come back to it and revisit it with, uh, you know, a different set of eyes, a different lens, maybe a, a, maybe a different emotional state at the time. Mm -hmm. And just see if I'm still really happy with the words that I chose, with the melody that I chose. Is it is it as impactful as it can be? is it relaying the message that I wanted it to relay or has the message now changed? And is there something different I see in it? And oftentimes when we get closer to, uh, and, and that's the other side of it is sometimes when I think a song is done and uh, we'll sit down, uh, we're planning to do a release. I'll sit down with my producer and we'll talk about songs that I think I would like to have on the album and he'll listen to them some of them and and he'll tell me what he thinks should be on the album and we'll kind of uh explain our our choices why why it is we feel this one should be or that one shouldn't be and then once we kind of narrow it down and we we've either convinced each other that we've made right choices uh i think then we we say okay now let's really dive into these songs and take a look at them. Let's figure out tempos. Let's figure out, is the key proper? Is it, is it going to deliver the right message? Is the tempo proper? Is it going to have the right emotional feel to it? And then we really pick apart the words and say, well, you know, I, I feel that this could be stronger. I feel that this could be stronger. And especially well, when it comes to the words, actually, I, I often find that some of, the most impactful changes will actually happen when we've decided on the song, we've decided on the tempo, we've decided on the key, and we've laid down some bed tracks. And I actually stand up in front of that microphone and start to sing it and, you know, not really think too technical about it, but to give it that emotional performance that I want. And sometimes words will just come out. Mm. They're, 
and they become the new words. And, you know, I'll be like that. Why did I say that? And, you know, we'll talk about it maybe for a second or two. And, and if, more often than not, it'll be, wow, you know, that that's really the word that probably should have been there. It flowed well. It came out naturally. Uh, it wasn't thought about. It wasn't planned. And sometimes that's, I think, um, what's so great about writing a song is it's really just that raw moment, that that moment in time, what you're feeling, what you're thinking, and it and it just kind of flows out of you. And when you have the music behind it, when it's just more than me and a guitar, it it gives a different dynamic. Mm-hmm. So I I often like to hear a, a lot of instrumentation before I put those vocals down. I know we we add some after uh, instrumentation to kind of give it a little bit of extra flair or to make that that moment really pop but it's when i have all that instrumentation that the the emotion the songs the words to describe it might change and sometimes it's just that one single lyric um that comes out at the time and it's like wow why didn't we think about that when we were writing it because that's that's absolutely perfect that's exactly what should be there does it only happen like that when you get in front of the microphone you hear the arrangement the bass and drums and everything and then no 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 or or, or do you actually explicitly sit down with your producer and say okay let's give the lyrics one more pass through and see if everything hits emotionally the way you want it to hit we absolutely do uh sit down and we go through the lyrics uh, before we get uh, the songs out there. Um, but I, I think it's just when you're caught up in that moment, because you've you, mm-hmm. like the funny thing about being in, in a, in a vocal booth and, and I'm sure anybody listening who's written songs knows the, kind of the story, you know, you've, you've just finished singing the song maybe 10, 20, 30 times. And it's like, it gets repetitious, but I mean, you, you really get into the song then, right? You really start to feel it. You really start to live it. And you're no longer thinking about the technical aspects of the performance. It's, it's all muscle memory now and it's dialed in and you're trying to give it that, that, that really solid stage performance, that really solid uh, lyrical performance and and to get that emotion out there properly and all of a sudden you know something just comes out that that the passion in you just throws something new uh into the mix and it's like wow that's really cool i kind of like that you know it's it's that improvisation when you're on stage and um and i i think i feel that's a lot of where that comes from too because before i was a songwriter i was a performer um, I was used to singing in front of people, not my stuff, a lot of cover stuff, but, um, you know, I often found back then that's when, you know, I might change a lyric or two to, to suit the, the audience that I was in front of to better fit the the feel. Um, but you also come up with different delivery methods too. And, you know, uh, whereas I might've always been doing something all of a sudden I might really shoot for an octave higher and it just comes out, right. It's, the moment's right. It feels right. You, you, you're passionate. You've built it up, and and you make that delivery. And it's like, wow, I kind of like that. Like that, that was in me the whole time. But you know, bat, I was trying to keep this simple and not too technical. And I really wasn't thinking about the versatility of what you can do with uh, the song structure that's there. So, mm-hmm. 
uh, you, you, you feel that when you're when you finish recording a song and stamp it on a CD and send it out and people start hearing it on the recording that then it's 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 stamped and it's done or do you actually change things um lyrically or melodically or something like that in like when you perform it live you know two years later or something like that i sometimes throw in a few uh changes or tidbits and yeah the, with the performance when i'm on stage sometimes it again depending on what what you've done before and what's coming up after and the way the audience is responding you give them a little something extra and i think that just comes naturally uh and what i always tell people um like when you're reading the bio to me as much as i love the songwriting the live performance for me is really where it's at because that's where you get to take that song and give people an experience that they cannot get from a cd and to make that experience memorable uh is really everything it, it's it shows your personality coming through the mix so um you know I think country fans expect to hear the song kind of the way it's written, but at the same time, every now and then something, something different comes out, you know, yeah. something different comes out and it's like, wow, that was pretty cool. <laughs> it's, and, and I've seen it with my own heroes on stage. You know, I've, yeah. I've watched a lot of country musicians come and do the songs that they've been singing for 20 years and they do it just a little differently. Mm. But that becomes that moment that you share with them right then and there. So it can, it can be a surprise, but as long as it fits with the song and fits with the performance and the vibe, then it's all good, right? Absolutely, absolutely. And you know, that's what it is, is it's just, I, I, I kind of let, uh, when I'm up there performing it, I, I stick to the basics, but I let, I let passion and intuition kind of guide me. And sometimes it just feels right to, you know, give a note an extra push or, you know, do something a little different, a little up and down to keep, keep some movement going in the song. And uh, it, I know as, as a listener, when I've heard my heroes do that on stage, I'm like, wow, that was really cool. Yeah. So if I can work something like that in, I, and I, you know, there's actually been times when I've gotten off the stage and like, damn, I really like the way I sang that song. Mm. How? What did I do? <laughs> like, <laughs> somebody true. explain to me what I did so I could recreate that again yeah, because yeah, yeah. it you just came out. Everything. I wanted to ask you about um, um, uh, key changes. You were saying that um, initially you were doing, you know, you do like a verse in a one key and then you know change keys. Is that something that you don't do as much anymore in because of the country music sort of genre? You know, it's it, it hard to say. I think it's because I understand. <laughs> I have a better understanding of music theory now, and I understand yeah. how a lot of the top hits were written. And and mm. I think uh, I know I I didn't know what I was doing back in the day, so I just kind of explored. And and I don't think that that will never happen again. I, I actually think I should try to do more of that exploration. Um, I feel now when it comes to exploration of melody and stuff like that, um, rather than me picking up a guitar and trying to like get something going in, in a key that I might not normally use, uh, you know, technology is here to work in our favor now. So it's just as easy for me to, you know, bring up, um, bring up logic pro and, and start running through some samples and listening to what's there. And you're like, yeah, hey, that's kind of cool, you know? And, pop it in and see if you can get a groove going with that. And that kind of changes that songwriting thing right there on the spot too. Mm. So it's, uh, 
Have you tried that going into a studio where you actually don't have any songs and actually write like the whole album actually in the studio? I didn't do it in the studio, but here's what we did do. Um, when I started working with my current producer, uh, I had some songs and, uh, you know, I had some songs that were pitched to me as well, uh, but I really wanted to do the writing. So um, he suggested, he's like, you know what, why don't we get together once a week? He's like, uh, he was in Calgary. I was in Edmonton at the time. And he just said, we'll, we'll bring up a... <clears throat> a zoom or a facetime or a google meet and we'll we'll you know we'll start writing songs once a week we'll make it a regular thing so i was like okay that sounds like a great idea well it took us about a month and maybe a little bit more to finish one song and we we're realizing this this really isn't going as quick as we wished it would so um i i'd like to say he pulled a nashville on me because what he did is he said okay jerry here's what we're gonna do uh i have called up a bunch of my songwriting buddies he said, I want you to come down to Calgary uh, for Friday, Saturday, Sunday. He's like, and we're going to write with some somebody in the morning, write with somebody different in the afternoon, and we're going to do that for three days. And uh, said, okay, well, let's see how this goes. So that's exactly what we did. And at the end of three days, we had six. I had six songs. Hmm. It worked out great. And then... Uh, we said let's do it again and he invited some more of his songwriting friends and he invited some more uh singer songwriters as well performers and we actually i think at one point in time had three rooms going so we had one room i think the top floor was i don't think it had a name but i guess you could call it the zoom room because that's where we were writing with people from nashville and we were just zooming them in and uh somebody else was writing on the main floor of the house and then another group was writing in the basement. And uh, we wrote from right after breakfast until lunchtime. And then we all came up. We ate lunch uh, all together. And then we just changed. <laughs> changed up the groups? I, I changed up the groups and just oh. kept going. for. And we did that again for three days. So I we think we did this about three or four times. And by the time this was done, you know, I was sitting with 20 brand new songs that we could now comb through to, you know, look at the old catalog, look at the new catalog and kind of um, see what we could do then. Um, and then when I came back to Winnipeg, we, we really kept that up. Like we didn't, we haven't done the, the three days consecutive since, since I was out in Alberta, but we were doing again, just a weekly setup writing session. Uh, I forget what it was. I think it was Wednesday afternoons, every Wednesday afternoon. Um, it would be me, myself, it would be uh, my producer, Troy, and we would connect with, we connected with a publishing company down in uh, Nashville who had heard some of our stuff on uh, Sirius XM radio and was kind of loving the vibe. So, you know, they were pitching us some stuff and, and uh, we did record one of their songs, but then we said, Hey, you know, we'd love to write with some of your guys. We think that you got some really good stuff. Is Would that be something you think they would do? He's like, absolutely. So we started doing that weekly. Uh, we did it again for, I think, uh, nine weeks straight. And every week we wrote with, it was myself, it was Troy, and somebody different. So, so we ended up again. Get, when you get together with these other songwriters, especially the, the big house group thing, was, it, was everyone in the same boat as in, we are writing songs for Jerry to sing and for his 
album or were we just getting together to write songs? Well, no, the, the goal was uh, the first time I did it, uh, the first time I, I told you about, uh, it was specifically for me, hmm. but then the second and third, and I think fourth time, uh, there was myself and there was a few other country singers from Alberta. And, you know, we were each, the goal was to write songs for ourselves. Like I was writing for me and anybody who was writing with me was writing for me. Uh, but the other singer songwriters were writing for themselves as they progressed up or down the levels of the house. So I'm only asking because like the guest we had last week on the show, um, her name is Angela Sane. She's a singer songwriter from, from Toronto here. Yeah. And, um, she, she said, she said that when she went to Nashville and she spent some time there in the songwriting groups and things like that, she found that her, she got good songs out of them, but they weren't Angela enough. They weren't really her songs they kind of got i I don't want to say watered down but you know they became you know a a thing that they would hand off to some performer in nashville and and that would be it and it's kind of you know that that sort of thing which you wanted to to you know keep keep a certain amount of i would say control necessarily but you know but the personality of the songs it wasn't it wasn't enough for her i got you yeah yeah i've well, I, I know what she's talking about because Nashville can kind of be that way. And, you know, what I did appreciate the the times that I went down to Nashville, um, it was very, well, at least the people I wrote with, maybe I just lucked out. Uh, but I have heard stories like you just mentioned. Mm. But I think one of the biggest things that I really found about Nashville was when I was down there writing with people, you know, I'd walk into a room and I don't know these guys. <laughs> I, I know of them. I mean, I've heard hundreds of their songs on uh cross mainstream country radio but uh didn't know them so what they did is you know they just kind of sat down and I-, I found they were all very personable and they um mm-hmm. they would just start talking they're like hey man you know what's going on like where are you from in canada and you know what what kind of things do you do like what'd you grow up doing and you know we just had a conversation and then it would kind of get around to well do you do you have any song started is there something you're really looking at writing um and we'd start the conversation there and again maybe i just lucked out and i found the right people to 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 kind of it was kind of like a therapy session you know they're sitting there and they're learning about you and they're like how can how can i help you what it, what is it you're missing what would you like to create today and what is it about you that make we can make this song exceptional based on your life experience your your skill set uh, the things that are important to you the people that are important to you so i i kind of found that cool mm-hmm. um there was one there was one time in particular where we were down in the us and um i was i went down there with another canadian singer songwriter and um the goal again was to write songs for me and we started writing something that was kind of my idea, but then it, I, I, I would say it kind of veered off track. And uh, all of a sudden, it was more of a song for this other singer-songwriter than it was for me. And he's like, oh, he's like, we got to, he's like, we got to get back on track here. He's like, we're here writing songs for you. And I was like, no, 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 I, I like where this is going. It's not specifically my story, but elements of it. I have lived and I do, I have experienced and, and, and it's, you know, for me, it was, it was kind of sort of awesome to see somebody else really dive into the song. 
Whereas I'm used to doing that diving in and everybody's surrounding me to support me. For once, I got to be that person in the room uh, helping this guy who like he's one of the guys I really look up to here in Canada, right? As a, oh, as a singer and as a performer and a songwriter. So I was like, this is kind of cool. And uh, I'm not sure if he's ever done anything with the song, but uh, it, it was a great experience just to have that other side of the coin, right? To see it from somebody else's lens. And, and like, I, I've been a, I spent years and years and years as a high school teacher. And I realized how important that is to, to be able to, see that from from different lenses right uh to have an experience from different lenses and how that i think also made me better able to explain what it is that i'm looking for when it comes to a song and be able to stand up for changes that i don't want to be made to certain songs because i've had some people say you know if we change this it would make it uh a little bit more sophisticated and uh I remember one point in particular where I stood my ground and I said, no, what I love about the song is it's simplistic. You know, mm. I, when I'm trying to tell somebody I love you, I don't need to say, when I see you, roses fall from the sky and lightning <laughs> crashes and waves are pounding. I just need to say, you're beautiful. You have an amazing soul. I love you. That's all I need to say. I don't need to go into all this descriptive. And I fought for that one. And I said, I like it because it's simple. and." Uh, I can get behind simplicity for this idea. Mm-hmm. Doesn't need to be overcomplicated. That's yeah. such a hard line to know where to draw, you know, where to be open to changes and then where to sort of say, no, that's, that's gone. That's not who I am. And it's, it's yeah. hard to know where to draw that line. I think, cause it's, it's the simple things are sometimes hard to say yeah. because it is so simple, you know? It, it is, yes. Well, that's what I was asking you about, about goals uh, uh, when you're talking about this collaboration thing, because I think that's, that's I've never done that myself. I've never gone to Nashville and done that. But, you know, like it seems to me that's that's incredibly important to go into one of these sessions and and be clear and everyone in the room be clear about what are we here to do? Are we here to write yeah. a song for Jerry? Are we here to write a song for somebody else? Are we here to write, you know, a sophisticated song? Yeah, yeah. Like, you know, what, what are we doing here? And, you know, I I think I just let the process, I think we always had a goal in mind, Mm -hmm. but it really came down to at least every time I've written a song with this group of people, um, it it starts off with just that conversation. Like, is there anything you've been working on? Is there any ideas you have? And uh, I have probably a 30 page document that's just like those hook ideas, those just maybe a few lines. And, you know, I'll just start running through some of those. Uh, but I've also had other people say, you know, I've started this. What do you think of this? And they might have a melody or they might have a line. And, a f- you know, a lot of times they've said, ah, it's kind of cool. But, you know, then we just move on to something else. <laughs> just j- just gently brush it off and say, yeah. not. Nah. Let's actually talk about backward therapy because you've got three writers on on this song yourself, uh, Troy Kokel and Andrew Scott Willis Wills. Can you talk a little bit about what the what the collaboration was between the three of you? Sure. Yeah, uh, we sat down um, and this was one of those ones that I had just talked about where we uh, we connected with Green Hills Music. Um, down in Nashville, and this was one of their writers that uh, they they set us up with um, for collaboration. And first time, obviously meeting him virtually, 
uh, Troy's in Calgary. I was in Winnipeg and Andrew was down in Nashville and, um, or maybe he wasn't there at the time. I'm, I'm not really sure where he was, but, uh, he, uh, you know, we started talking about different ideas and what's going on. And I think he showed us a few things he was working on and, uh, and, uh, and Troy mentioned a few things he was working on and played us something that he had from his back catalog. And I was kind of distracted, I think at the time. And Troy picked up on it right away. I, I think Andrew did too. And they're like, are you, is everything okay? I was like, no. I was like, I just had a terrible day. And like, I'm frustrated. I'm angry. And, and they're like, oh, geez, man. Like, uh, do you want to maybe postpone this for another day? And I was like, no, no, no. I said, I carved this time aside. I said, and let's be honest. I said, I, I can put this down. I can put this aside. I said that, Besides, writing a song takes my mind off what's bugging me. Mm -hmm. And uh, and I said, it's very therapeutic for me. It's it's my own therapy. And I, I said, actually, I said, I had this idea. And I just opened up my phone. I had only written it down a couple days prior. It, and I had written down back road therapy. Mm -hmm. And they're like, what does that mean? I said, well, for me, back road therapy, I said, is when I was growing up, you know, we... Uh, when we were having tough times or when we just needed to get away, you know, grab some friends or grab, grab your partner and, and hop in a vehicle and just take a drive. You know, we used to drive, grew up in a small rural town. So we were only a hop, skip and a jump away from uh, a back road, a gravel road. And we could drive down that road. You know, we could go park in somebody's field and, you know, whatever, shoot, shoot pop bottles off of hay bales or, <laughs> You know, go drive down a road to the lake, jump in the lake, go for a swim, go play in the creek, go fishing. We, there's so many things we could do, but it was always outdoors and it was always outside. And it was away from the the hustle and bustle of people trying to get mm -hmm. stuff accomplished. <laughs> we wanted to do the exact opposite. And that was so many great memories and so therapeutic. So uh, we, they're like, that's pretty cool. Like, do you well they're like well what what about your day like what what how, how how why were you upset so i told them why i was upset and you know i remember saying to them i was like you know and by the time it was all done i said i, I felt like i was uh i felt just like a kettle on a stove like i was about ready to blow up hmm. and they're like that might be the first line hmm. i was like there you go i was like i'm like a kettle on a stove something's going to blow. Uh, and I said, life's cranking up the heat. Mm -hmm. They're like, I think we got something. So let's, we just kind of rolled with it. And uh, I, I think it wrote itself after that. Like, um, so we, it, and it, it, by the time I was done, I could care less <laughs> about what was bugging me. Yeah, like yeah. <laughs> it, it was gone, right. Uh, singing and having fun and writing a song and, and really thinking about all those, those good times growing up and even during the pandemic i mean it, it wasn't uncommon for me to say well that's it i've had enough you know at the end of the day slam the laptop shut and just hop in the vehicle even in the middle of the day just slam the laptop shut hop in the vehicle and just take a drive to the beach go sit on the beach take in some sun throw a tube in the lake and just float around for a while <laughs> i was like that's therapy so yeah wow yeah that was that that was that song <laughs> cool. very good all right should we take a listen yeah, let's take a listen to it and we talk about it some more. 
All right, sure. here we go. I'm like a kettle on a stove. Something's gonna blow. Life's cranking up the heat. I'm getting crushed by the weight of a million different things all pushing down on me. Gonna crank that Chevy key. Yeah, I got a bus free. Give me some cornfields on my left. You singing on my right. Whole lot of carefree up ahead. And all our worries far behind. Big old blue sky up above. Some red dirt underneath. Cruising with your girl in a small town world. Getting some back road therapy. In time, just you and I, wheels were always rolling. Nothing we were chasing, no destination, living in the moment. Gotta get back there now. And this old truck knows how. Give me some cold fields on my left. You singing on my right. Whole lot of carefree up ahead. And all our worries far behind. Big old blue sky up above. Red dirt and sunshine. Oh, give me some cornfields on my left. You singing on my right. Whole lot of carefree up ahead. And all our worries far behind. Big old blue sky up above. Some red dirt underneath. Cruising with your girl in a small town Great stuff. Very cool. There you go. Two minutes and 34 seconds of back road therapy. It's really short. <laughs> That's, I wanted yeah. to talk about that. That is a short, short song. Now, is that... Was that on purpose, or did you feel that was sort of the key, the key of the idea, or is it trying to fit into a format? Or you know, uh, I I think it was a little bit longer when we wrote it. Uh, I think we cut out the intro. Like there was a little bit more of an intro riff, like a, a couple passes of something, and then um, was the bridge ever longer? The the bridge might have been a little bit longer. I'm trying to remember mm -hmm. now. Um, but I just feel that we we had a discussion as as Troy was putting it together, and we said. Uh, we didn't we we listened to it with the intro and we listened to it with you know maybe there was a little bit more of a solo and we just said is it really adding to it like is and it really wasn't it was just a filler just to for the sake of filling mm -hmm. and uh we do happen we have heard i i can't speak for every radio or music producer in, in canada or, or the world but uh you know, sometimes if you need a song and you're coming up to the top of that hour and people want to hear the, the news and weather, sometimes <laughs> you got less than three minutes, right? Yeah. So, uh, and I, 
I, I think I remember somebody telling me that that uh, I f- I forget which Canadian band it was that did just that. Like they made a super short little song and they got tons of play just because it was able to play right at the top of the hour. And that's mm. what, what better time slot to get than right at the top of the hour when everybody's tuning in to listen, right? Yeah, I, always think back to, I always think back to CCR. Those songs were so catchy and so good and they were all like under three minutes. Yeah, and like a lot of Johnny Cash's mm. catalog too, right? I mean, there's a, a country rock guy that just... Yeah. They don't need to be long. I, I, I'll, I'll absolutely admit when that bridge hit and the bridge ended and there was this guitar going, rising up guitar thing. I'm like, here comes a guitar solo. Nope. Yeah. We're, we're right back in. Right back in. Yeah. I totally expected a guitar solo there. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, I, I want to point out to our listeners, um, definitely visit the website and look at Jerry's lyric sheet because this thing yes. is the way you're supposed to do a lyric sheet. There's credits on there. There's the the maple thing. Can you explain the maple thing? The the CanCon. Um, oh yeah, the, <laughs> the music us. artist lyrics and and uh, producer and, and P's for production. So and, and, and MAPL and you spell out how much what percentage of it is is Canadian content. Yeah, like, yeah. the radio stations in Canada need to need to know that, and because the CRTC has regulations and they do. And I mean, in this case, uh, the the music and the lyrics, the M and the L, uh, that was split between myself troy and andrew mm-hmm. so uh if you dive into that it works out to about 67 percent of that is canadian based content which is great but i mean mm-hmm. as long as you get 50 percent of the combined total uh that that is considered uh, canadian content and uh, uh obviously i'm the artist i'm 100 canadian so we get 100 percent in that category and the production was all done here in Canada at Troy's mm-hmm. studio. So that is, again, 100%. So we're well above what's needed to, to be considered CanCon. Um, and, uh, yeah. okay. you know, as a country artist, I know we had a, a station. Um, it was a Sirius XM station, 171. And they just kind of changed their formatting right now to they are going to be playing. I believe it's going to be 95 percent or more cancon so that's fantastic news for uh you know people wanting to break into that sirius xm radio because that's uh you know it's it's got a much larger reach than your local radio stations i mean it's getting to the point now where local radio stations can be streamed across the globe but a lot of people subscribe to the sirius xm channel so if you already get that that's kind of pretty cool to have something that's very heavily uh, influenced by Canadian content. Is it a country station? I think it's a country format. I'm not 100% positive. Like it this is a change that was just recently made. It used to be it, it's its designation was country. I'm not 100% sure what it is now. We're still trying to figure out what it is. We think the formatting is similar to what it was, so probably country but not not sure. Yeah. <laughs> Too, too new to know. Who knows? Uh, I just want to talk about a couple of things about that I really like about this song. I, I, I like you're even talking about this before we played it. How how you brought in the the, the stress stuff, right? The kettle yeah. is going, something's going to blow, and it's and 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 but it's it's so 
it's stated in such a universal way, right, that everyone mm-hmm. can, can relate to that. And I'm glad it, it, it sort of does set the stage for why do you need the backdoor therapy? Yes. <laughs> right? It's yes. not just about cruising around for the heck of it. It's actually, it's actually really helpful. And then, but then, but then after that first verse, it is 100% optimism and 100% good energy and 100% like just cruising and enjoying it. And and this is all you need, right? And it's really, and, and that, that's, and, that, and that's, I think I think that's part of the reason you you guys intuitively felt that it doesn't need to be a long song because no. when it comes down to it, you're not really saying all that much. There's not a nope. big elaborate story here. This nope. is just about getting in your truck and and getting that road and enjoying the day and just remembering, you know, Very taking simple. yourself back to simpler times when things yeah. weren't so complicated, things weren't so stressful, and you have that outlet. So yeah, turn the phone off, right? <laughs> Uh, go, go to a place where the phone doesn't even work. <laughs> doesn't even work. <laughs> harder and harder to find. That's really hard. Maybe maybe in Manitoba it's a little bit easier. Oh, around surprise, here. surprisingly, you know, um, Manitoba is unique in the sense that we still have, and you know, I, I'm not. Let, let's say I'm not fully up to speed on what's going on with telecom systems across Canada, but Manitoba still has something called Manitoba Telephone Service. Okay. We still do have Bell and we still do have Rogers and Telus and all those other fine competitors, but we have something called Manitoba Telephone Systems. And it is surprising how many places in Manitoba you can find where there's not a single signal. I'm like, am I no longer in the province? Like, hello. <laughs> it's like, this is kind of like, you know, and you got cell phone boosters and all kinds of stuff. And even then you're lucky if the wind's blowing in the wrong direction, nothing. It's just like, I, you know what to be on to be to, to be honest it's not like you would have uh much better success with with any of the other phone companies in manitoba but mm, yeah there's yeah. a lot of dead spots and i'm not sure i think i think part of the reason the dead spots are there is because we were that little local provincial company mm-hmm. that then got privatized and taken over uh now bought up by bell oh. but they didn't have the big money in coming to create the infrastructure to have but you know what? I, I've driven across Canada enough times that, you know, driving through Saskatchewan and Alberta, you've got just as many dead spots. It's really? our country's too big. <laughs> well, you know, there's there's something to be said. I've, I had the best sleep one time at a cottage where there was no cell service at all. And I don't really believe any of that 5G stuff, but it did make you kind of go, hmm, because both me and Heather both had the best sleeps of our lives. Mm. Yeah. So it's not like just one of us slept well. And I, so I don't know. Maybe there's, maybe there's something to something. I don't know what it is. Well, you know, and and my family, my family has a little cottage up up north here in Manitoba, uh, on Lake Lake Winnipeg, which is a pretty big lake, and it, it's actually on an island. Like you have to take a little cable ferry to get across to it. Mm. And the only place on that entire island where you can even hope to get a cell signal is on the beach. Mm. So <laughs> if you want to go check your text messages, you got to go to the beach. <laughs> so, that, ain't they, bad. that ain't bad at all <laughs> yeah, pretty good yeah do you mind of course here in southern ontario you got to drive for hours hour literally hours you got to go to like Algonquin provincial park or something go deep into the woods before you deep. get yeah. <laughs> yeah. off the highway or fly, fly up north yeah yeah or, or yeah the more north you get obviously but um yeah, and 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 that's one thing you didn't you didn't include in the song is, is cell phone. <laughs> you didn't mention. <laughs> well, and I think it was because at the time it was just it, it was really that that thought about you know and and I smiled when we were listening to it just now because we we had to put in the 
you know, we got to get back there now. And this old truck knows how. And, yeah. and I think there's something to be said. People are like, well, you know, there, there's something about that imagery of a truck that can take you places that, you know, a car can't. So yeah. we're yeah. talking getting yeah. way off the beaten path here. We're talking yeah. about being able to drive through the creeks and up the hills and and parking where it's nothing but you, mm-hmm. your friends or your partner, uh, the sunshine, the wind, nature and a heartbeat. That's all that's there. And, and there's something so beautiful and serene about that i i've always loved like since i moved to the city um after i graduated i i love the convenience of the city i love being able to say ah you know i really need to go whatever i need to go grab some pasta sauce and i can drive you know midnight go grab some Mm -hmm. I didn't have that uh, where i grew up i mean the store closed usually around five or six o'clock every day and if you didn't get to it and sometimes yeah. it, was cl- it was closed every Sunday. I mean, yeah. you had to plan ahead, but it, it, there wasn't this, I love the convenience of the city, but I don't like the hustle and bustle. I don't like the bumper to bumper. I don't like the people honking and the construction. And the, mm. I like back road therapy. Yeah. <laughs> and, 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 and it's actually, in some ways it's better that way because like, like this song could have been written 30, 40, 50 years ago, and it was still applied. There's nothing. Yeah. There's, yeah, no, right. there's no need to mention technology here at all. Like the no. stove is as technological as we get. Like it's a truck. <laughs> no, the, the only technology here was in the way it was written. Yeah. <laughs> well, and it's interesting about, you know, being, uh, we, we talk a lot about specific, specificity, I think mm-hmm. is the word, um, in songs. And there's a balance between being specific, I think, emotionally and being specific in a way that can sort of date the uh, song or uh, kind of pigeonhole the song, mm-hmm. um, which is always interesting if you put technology into it. Like if you wrote a song about, you know, a fax machine back in the in the 90s, I mean, it, just, it would just be... <laughs> or a mixtape, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> or a mixtape, you know. Yeah. I, mean, I, think, I think kids are back in the mixtapes now. They're back in the mixtapes, but... I don't. I don't think uh, beta video cassettes are coming back. So maybe. No, I, I think they know. They they know what the idea of a mixtape is now. But if you, you know, it's it's not the same as it used to be. Where no. your mixtape. That's, mix what, they, that's what they're calling. That's what they're calling playlists on Spotify. They're mixtapes. Yes, <laughs> but there was something special about you know, and and for me, music has that. Music's always been special. I mean, I, I still remember the days where you had to, if you wanted to make a mixtape, you had to sit there and wait for that song to come on the radio, and you're like, record. I missed the intro. It's yeah. like, no. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, <laughs> I know. I you know, many, many, many times. <laughs> times have changed. Convenience yeah. is great, but it's, it yeah. takes, it, sometimes I feel it because uh, the music that we're creating is so easily accessible. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it. I'm not going to say it loses some of its, uh, the thing that makes it special, but um you know, I think people are able to wear out songs a lot quicker now. Wait. They're like, oh, I'm done hearing that. I've heard it a thousand times. But yeah. there was something fun about going to a record store and buying a record just because of the cover looked cool. Yeah. Sometimes the music was terrible, but I mean, yeah. it was still sort of cool. But there was, and then, you know, trying to find that, you know, the, the, the record that you wanted. And it was, it was an experience that, just won't come again. I guess that yeah. that's fine. Yeah. There's other ones now. You know, c- CDs, uh, tapes. 
uh, I guess the, the same as with the blockbusters and movies. I mean, it just, there was, it was an experience to go there, pick up, hold those things in your hand, flip them over, read the credits. Like, Oh mm. wow. This person's in, when you go to a Spotify p- playlist now, and, and I'm not dissing Spotify if they're watching, I, I love you guys. Just don't, <laughs> well, take me off your playlist. <laughs> uh, uh, but uh, there was something special about, you know, seeing somebody's name on there and knowing that they played a part in that. And, mm-hmm. you know, you'd open it up, you'd, you'd get your CD or you'd get your, your tape and you'd open it up and all oh, the lyrics are here and all oh, there's yeah. some cool pictures here and a little bio and a little story and maybe some characters or whatever. That was an experience now to just be like, ah, here we go. Yeah. There's a song. Oh, maybe there's a little eight second video clip that repeats over and over again. Uh, but I think I-, I spend more time now searching for specific music than I do enjoying it. Mm. And, and I feel that that's, that's a, that's a lost thing. I mean, it used to be like, wow, so much time and effort. And, and I still feel it does happen. I mean, I, I feel I put a lot of time and effort into creating things like album covers or, you know, little videos that we want to put out promotionally, but they're, they're easily digestible and accessible now. And, and it's consumed and discarded as quick as it, it's not, it doesn't have that special, like, wow, hmm. like I get to, I can open up this booklet and sing along with the song. Here's the lyrics. Yeah. Now it's like, ah, you know, you, you need to bring up Soundhound, and there you go. It's like, there's the lyrics. Now you've got a bouncing ball like the old um, yeah. Disney cartoons, right? <laughs> you, you, you actually need to start releasing content as uh, NFTs. Yeah. Uh, to make it yeah. valuable now. <laughs> well, and I mean, I, I guess artists still do that, right? Uh, yeah. People do, if they have physical products like CDs or um, yeah. records, if they're making records now, they put something new and something special on there for the people who can, who purchase those, you know, something that's only accessible there. One of the neatest things I ever saw, was actually at the radio station we used to record this podcast at, there was a little indie band that released their, their CD and it was just a paper sleeve, but they had like this abstract design on the paper sleeve that was just black lines on, on a white background. But what they did was they included four Crayola pencil, four Crayola crayons with each CD. Oh, that's and cool. In the notes, they asked people to color in this little design the way that they wanted and then take a picture of it and post it on their social and, and, and tag them and all that sort of stuff. I thought that was yeah, the coolest yeah. thing. It's super that's cheap. That's super cool. That's, <laughs> it's that's super cheap, but it just got fan engagement and all that sort of stuff. It's like, and the music wasn't bad either. It was pretty good too, actually. <laughs> and, and and that's, you, you have it right there. That's, people love stuff like that, right? They get engaged. They get to post their own art. Like they become a part of the experience. Yeah. Yeah, and that's if, very true. I'm used to doing that when I'm on stage, but I, I wish I was as creative to um, to be able to do what you just said. And and there, that's engaging fans, uh, you know, in in multiple ways. And and I think that's what that really makes your personality shine too, because it shows that you care about people and you want you want to see what they can do. You don't have the answers to everything, and the answers everybody's got their own stuff. So that's cool, really cool. Yeah, absolutely. Jerry, do you have any um, words of wisdom to like uh, people who are just getting into the songwriting world and, you know, maybe something that you've learned from working with all these different songwriters, like maybe a tip you can think of that you'd that maybe you wish you knew when you started off? Well, I, I think the truth is, is um, there are people out there that want to help you. There's a lot of resources available that are free, you know, before you start going and uh, paying thousands of dollars to go 
write with some guy down in Nashville, connect with the local people in your community and, and, you know, the resources are there. Uh, I have been fortunate enough to write with some really great people. And, you know, these are people who realized at, at some point in time that maybe I wasn't at the caliber of writing that they were at, but they were happy to jump in and help. And uh, it's really about making those connections and honing your craft. Nobody starts out an amazing songwriter. There's mm-hmm. tips and tricks you can learn. And honestly, to get into this industry, you don't need to spend tens and tens of hundreds of thousands of dollars. Um, there's there's a lot of great pro. We're lucky and fortunate to live in Canada here where you know, there's, uh, there's factor, there's so can, there's so many great resources. And I mean, even even to just sign up with so can and get involved with them. Uh, they're willing to connect you with other writers, they're willing to even, you know, they got a, a writing house down in Nashville, and they got writing stuff going across Canada. And they're willing to help, you know, you access grants to go learn about that kind of stuff. So before you worry about uh, spending a hundred thousand dollars getting into this industry just look at what's in your backyard i think that's the best advice that i wish people had told me there's a lot of people and a lot of resources available to help uh canadian emerging as well as established songwriters that's really good advice that's really Very good, good advice. advice okay that's uh afraid that's the band, and that does all the time we have on Song Talk Radio. Special thanks to Jerry Serretta. Uh, where can our listeners sure. find more of your music, Jerry? Go to jerryserretta.com, uh, and all our socials are on there. All of our music can be listened to for free on the on our website, so you can always check it out. If you feel like throwing us a few bucks and buying a couple of the songs, we appreciate that too, but I'd just love you to pass on the information. Awesome. And we'll definitely link to all that stuff uh, from our uh, show post on uh, songtalk.ca, where you can also find this awesome lyric sheet that Jared provided. Yes. So definitely check out the webpage. Um, and we want to hear from you. So send in your comments, uh, Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram at songtalkradio, or send us an email, feedback at songtalk.ca. Also be sure to check out our YouTube channel for live performance videos and full episodes. Subscribe today to the Song Talk Radio podcast on your favorite podcast provider. And don't forget to sign up for our free newsletter at songtalk.ca. You can find links to all the products, books, and web services we mentioned on Song Talk Radio on our resources page, just like we were talking about resources. (laughs) And uh, wherever you are in the world, please join us online via Zoom at our next monthly Song Talk Meetup. That's another resource for songwriters. It's free to join on meetup.com and free to attend the meetup. Uh, Bring a song and lyric sheet and get constructive feedback from other songwriters. Stop by songtalk.ca for the link. You can follow me at neilmodi.com. You can follow Phil at philemory.ca. And uh, Jerry, what's your favorite social media channel? Uh, my go-to right now is either my Facebook page or I also uh, get a lot of DMs on Instagram. And I'd also like to encourage people, feel free to reach out to me. Um, if there's certain resources you need access to, such as you want to know where to find grants or you want to know where to find songwriters, uh Please, I'm more than happy to help you, and my services are free. My advice is free. Awesome. <laughs> awesome. We'll, we'll send people your way for sure. That's, a, that's, that's amazing and very generous. Um, thanks for listening, everybody, and be sure to stop by the website, songtalk.ca, to browse past shows and find out how you can be a guest. Thanks for tuning in, everyone, and keep on writing. Good night, everyone. Good night.
Oh, yeah.